Welcome to a post-game edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is my friend and co-host, Corey Walsh of Fear the Sword. How you doing, Corey? Doing great. Easy. Uh, it's a win. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. thought we wouldn't see this possibly for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are saying that. And I, you would not be... Uh, you could be forgiven, rather, if you were of that uh, mindset coming off the Cavs' last few games. So it's great to get back into the win column. 119-101 victory over the New York Knicks, who are missing uh, a big piece of their puzzle. But nonetheless, I'm taking that dub tonight. Well, hey, today, we're missing rather. two big pieces of our puzzle. So <laughs> we are. Would, yeah. I would say uh, Mobley and Allen, uh, just the individually, are more important to the Cavs than Randall is currently to the next seeing as he seems like he wants that's to leave debate. that's a great debate what we may have to have some type of debate like that uh in regards to other players team or in regards to other teams players in the future that sounds like something i'd be interested in <laughs> <laughs> but yes the you know the, the importance of those two cannot be understated at all um that said man the Cavs. this is a complete team effort today and to be honest with you man i'm loving the fact that this was a matinee game i don't know about you <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good times for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we can get this uh, the recording out of the way and we get to feel great about the rest of the day, you know, in regards to the Cavs win. Um, just taking a look up and down the, the lineup. Like I said, this is a team win. Nobody scored more than 24 points today. And that was Darius Garland. But the ball movement was on point. It was on cue. Did you notice that? Yeah, the ball was flying around today. This was by far like the best ball movement I've seen since Mobley went down, I would say. Maybe even since Jarrett went down. Because <laughs> I feel like we, it's kind of felt like at times that Darius had to be the Superman to carry the entire team on his back to get us to have wins or even just ball movement in general. But today it was like the most unselfish play, but not shooting yourself in the foot unselfish play where you were passing up open shots. Indeed. So the Cavs finished with 26 assists today. Can you, you want to take a guess who had the most by either team? Uh, whew, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, it has to be uh jetty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Point jetty. Point jetty. Yeah, no, it's uh DG, the PG. <laughs> yes. Yes. Darius Garland, uh, beloved Cleveland Cavalier finished with 13 assists today, which is becoming like a common. This is like the norm for him now. I feel like anywhere between 11 to 13 assists is starting to feel very normal. And that's a great thing. Yeah. As long as Darius is just doing this in a way that it doesn't feel like we're overexerting him at times is like that is the, the key to success for right now, because it's really just time to stay afloat, get some wins when we can. Just trying to buoy ourselves still into the seven and the eight. So as long as that happens and Darius doesn't get his gas tank on empty by the time play in time comes, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, and let's talk about his backcourt mate and Karis Levert, man. He's he's really starting to round into form. He definitely rebounded from his last appearance uh, in which he only totaled nine points. Uh, give me a little bit of what you thought about Karis Levert today. I think – I would say it's easier to analyze Karis LeVert over his past few games and even just tonight. It's like you're seeing a correction, I think, with his shot taking. And it doesn't feel like he's kind of like soul searching for his purpose on this Cavs team anymore. I think he's really like he's kind of done what Jetty did in the beginning of the season where he's kind of like narrowed his like lens of what he thinks he needs to do for this Cavs team in order to be successful. He doesn't have to be 
taking like 20 plus shots a game in order for him to make his impact on this Cavs team. He's been becoming a much more efficient shooter. And I like his shot selection a lot more. It's not all mid range contested pull ups and the I threes mean, falling. So that's me. great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know how he is, man. He's very streaky with that three ball. I'll say this though. Um, anytime you can get him to go uh, three of seven from range, that's a dub. Yep. That's a dub right there. He was uh, 8 to 16 from the field, so a little more well, exactly at 50%, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. We've talked about how he's looked as a facilitator, and um, to be honest with you, man, I absolutely love the fact that the, he is able to get DG some more off-ball looks. Yeah, it kind of feels like at times we're treating Darius the way that the Warriors treat Steph where mm-hmm. they want Draymond to hold the ball and let Steph just run around, make his defender get lost in a set of picks just to set him up for an open three. There was a, a peer, I think there was a possession like that in the third quarter where Karras had it. DG faked like he was going to cut from one side of the corner to the other, mm-hmm. just pulled back immediately and took a three. I don't think it went in, though, I, but I was like, oh, that's that interesting. Action. Yeah, that's a, it, it's a great play. Um, I love you. You love to see that, you know, if you're a Caps fan, because we know how much how much uh, DG actually has the ball in his hands from a game to game basis. And for anybody to be able to come in there and kind of get him because that's that's an avenue of rest to a certain degree, I would think. I mean, you still want to be moving off the ball. That's why we talk about cutting and putting yourself in good positions when you don't have the ball in your hands. But um, that is one way you can, you know, kind of not tire DG out. Mm hmm. Uh, and uh, better than uh, hopefully we don't have to play him entire quarters and then give him 33 seconds of rest at the end of the quarter in order for him. Was to, that third uh, quarter? Was that the yeah, third, third quarter? Yeah. AC was just going on being like, man, that's a good amount of rest right there. I'm like, AC, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 33 seconds with the commercial break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know about all that, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to get him some semblance of rest just because the game was so far out of hand by then. Yeah, I feel like at this point, you and I have like exhausted all of our Darius praise. We just like every episode, I feel like we come in, we're like, man, Darius was fantastic again. It's like, how can he? It's like, I don't think he can improve anymore in my eyes. Like, I don't really know what I need to see from him to think he's not like a franchise cornerstone at this point. Yeah, I mean, there really, honestly, there's nothing else that we could probably no more praise we could heap upon him than we've already have <laughs> uh, without I mean, repeating I, ourselves. Yeah, I feel like when people talk about the ceiling of Cavs players, they say Mobley has the highest ceiling, and now I'm like, I, I guess overall Mobley has the highest ceiling, but in terms, I feel like Darius's command of this team is so like, uh, God, I don't want to get like destroyed for like saying like he has like a CP3 and like Nash like command of that offense to the point he where he he is the pillar and i feel like everyone around him is like a co- like a complimentary pillar yeah i like, mean I, I don't think you would be mistaken for saying that or thinking that yeah i just feel like you know people love the ceiling of mobley both offensively and defensively and we all know darius's defensive ceiling is not <laughs> that high at all but his offensive ceiling is just so like he's improving so drastically like and he's so aggressive now i feel like that was always our gripe with him when before the season started was he was just not aggressive and all it took was unfortunately for sexton to go down to unlock this but (sighs) yeah take my uh my deep breath 
on that <laughs> one. But yeah, I mean, he flipped a proverbial switch in that regard in regards to his aggression. And I absolutely have no complaints in regards to what we've seen from him. Even like the defensive, you know, question marks that you have from him on a, you know, from time to time, he is giving more effort. Um, yeah, than my he had question been in previous seasons. Yeah, I was going to say, my questions for him on defense have never been, like, his effort. I feel like it's just, like, you know, when you're that size, you're not going to be able to so be much. that yeah. good. At, yeah, he's doing the most with I, what he can. It's not like he's taking Russell Westbrook-type possessions off where he just, like, is dazed in a corner. <laughs> and he's like, oh, was my guy the one who did the back cut? Whoops. Uh, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can only – you only have so much to work with at that size. And even, like – um Guys like Pat Beverly and earlier Chris Paul, who are, you know, still really good defenders uh, at that size. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I'd rather, you know, hot take right here. I'd, I'd rather have uh, Darius Garland than Patrick Beverly. If that's what it takes. <laughs> Very hot take. <laughs> Smolder. Very hot take, apparently. <laughs> Um, that said, it's probably a good time for us to mix in some of these mailback questions. What do you say we dig into those, man? <laughs> Hell yeah, let's ride. <laughs> All righty, so let's get right in here. Let's see here. First question of the day comes from Dan underscore GoCabs4. Jetty's contract is guaranteed for next season, 2022-2023, at 7.35 mil. His 2023-24 year is non-guaranteed at 6.6 mil. Do the Cavs trade Jetty in the offseason? I feel like the that's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, well, you also have to think just of pure salary. Like, what impact player are we going to be able to basically salary swap with that's going to give us what Jet more than what Jetty is providing on some nights? I say some because we don't know if Jetty (laughs) yeah, we don't know if JB is going to let him out of the doghouse or not, but. Like you have to think when you look at Jetty that we're paying a guy six million essentially a year to come in off the bench when we really need a bucket or sometimes just absolutely go off and give our bench some punch on a night that let's say Kevin doesn't really have anything. And if we like the argument, I guess that I could make for like a player is that if we could find like a cheap defensive oriented wing. I feel like that's what JB would probably want instead of Jetty or like mm-hmm. a more balanced overall, like hypothetically, like what we think Dylan Willer could be, I guess like a well, guy who checks like every box type of forward. Yeah. But it, it's like really hard to think, especially with all these extensions that we're going to have in this upcoming off season, our salary cap is going to be so small that we're really just going to have to operate with that same contract just for a different player when it comes to Jetty. I don't know how you feel, but that's that's exactly how I feel. I mean, for what Jetty is going to be able to give you on a nightly basis, if, if he's actually out there and if he's giving somewhat of a defensive effort, because that's what, you know, we know that's what JB wants to see out of him. We know how combustible Jetty can be uh, when he's on and he started this season that way. And uh, just like we've been saying these last couple episodes, and I, as much as I hate to repeat this, you simplify the guy's role, you let him know what you want out of him, and you don't give him too many minutes, and he's he can be very impactful. Yeah, I feel like when and, it comes to bench players in general, you always want their role to be kind of like restricted because that's they're kind of like specialists pretty much when you're coming off the bench. I mean, outside of your like three point six, specialist, yeah, he, <laughs> the, yeah, or uh, transition threat, except for when he takes like very ridiculous layup angles, which I feel like Jetty sometimes really miscalculates yeah. how to attack I, the glass. 
I like I've tweeted that out before a few times. Like I, I do like he he is very underrated to me in in transition, but his finishing needs some work. It he his touch is either like perfect or it's insane. Ex- oh my god, insanely aggressive. I was I could not decide between extra and insanely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, to answer that question, no, I honestly, if you're not going to get equal value out of, you know, who you'd be trading for, which I think is a probably near in uncertainty, I wouldn't do it. Um, he's still on a manageable deal. Cavs do have some things to figure out contractually, but I, I don't think that should cost you jetty to do so unless it's a deal that you just can't refuse. And no mid-level exemption? <laughs> <laughs> jetty straight up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a one-for-one one swap, but who's the player? That's the thing, you know. I think that's – we're both there. You know. you know. Yeah, it's it, Jalen Smith. <laughs> exactly. It, it It's really hard, you know, because as much as I love Jetty, um, I wish he was more consistent, and I would feel – you know, I would feel better about these types of conversations, not wanting to include him because, as we know, this is a business, and nobody outside of, you know, what most people peg to be – the core and Darius Garland, Heaven Mobley. Um, I guess you could list Jared Allen in there. I really don't honestly know what people or what the organization considers the core. Like, do you consider Colin Sexton a core member of the Cavs? Colin Sexton, as of right now, yeah, until he's moved, I would say then I obviously he's not. But I think that the team definitely has to view him as a core part of the team right now. I think we have like in Okoro, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think in like if we're like going by NBA 2K rules, my like five <laughs> untouchables would be uh-huh. those five Gar- Garland, Allen, Mobley, Sexton and Allen. OK, that's a great Uh, A great lineup right there. And we actually had a question that was kind of similarly along that lines, uh, those lines. Um, It's another contract beast question, which those are always tough. But I got to I did say that I said that in the last episode. LaVert is looking a lot like LaRozan of the Cavs. I said he's uh, (laughs) definitely looking like the poor man's uh, DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) <laughs> well, with the way the Bulls are playing lately, if you exclude DeMar's 50-point game, they look so similar. I'm kidding. <laughs> Please don't okay. attack uh, me. <laughs> here's that question, though. Then this comes from a life of Brian31 via Twitter. Um, actually, no. Wrong question. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wrong question. <laughs> AOA Jordan, call me Jordan on Twitter. If the Cavs have to choose between Lavert or Sexton, which do they choose or if they keep both, who gets more minutes? Oh, I feel like this is very obvious. I feel like it has to be Colin Sexton for both answers. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we already know what, like, Karis LeVert is. There's, like, I don't see a world in which Karis LeVert's going to become, like, one of the most important players on the Cavs. I think he could be a contributing player on the mm-hmm. Cavs in the future, even if Sexton and him are on the same team next year. But I don't know. I feel like a part of me thinks that one of them's going to get moved. And if I had to, like, do the percentage of who I think is leaving over the other, I would say Sexton's like, I think Sexton's staying 70% and I would get, mm-hmm. have like, I would give 30% chance that Lovert would stay between the two. I don't know. I feel like I, I think this Cavs team really believes in Colin Sexton. I think they want him around. I think the contract is really the like sticky part with it. And yeah. that's probably what's just going to determine things. Cause if Sexton wants like a max deal, I don't think the Cavs are going to be willing to pay like that type of money. So then it would probably have to I still don't either. I, th- I just think that's going to be a situation in which then they're like, well, this is probably why we have Karis now. Then Karis will get like some cheaper deal 
in an extension mm-hmm. because I think they want that type of role filled and just, but like I said, they could definitely operate in a way where they both are on the team. Just Karis will come off the bench and Colin will go back to being the starting two. Okay. On uh, the second part of that question is, and you know, as much as I've frequently said this, uh, I do believe starting is becoming like more and more nominal in the case of certain players. Um, the second part of that question was minute distribution. Who would you give more minutes to? Um, I feel like it would still probably be Sexton. I think I'm viewing uh, Karis Levert in the way that we want Jetty to operate for this mm-hmm. Cavs team when, when he's hitting all of his shots. Not saying I want Karis to go out there and just unconsciously shoot threes because I think he can contribute in more ways than Jetty does. Obviously, I think he's a more complete player than Jetty Osman. And I think, I feel like, you know, Kevin Love's going to be a year older with this team. He's probably going to lose some minutes. He's not going to play high minute games for this team when they have, they're at full strength. I think Kevin Love's honestly a beneficiary of all these injuries mm-hmm. because I think he, he's playing like sometimes like 30 minutes a game or like he's playing like mid 20s to the 30s. I think next season I could see him max hitting like 20 minutes a game. I'm not saying he's like going to be a worse player, but there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team when it's at full strength. That is indeed true. And it's worth noting that since coming over to Cleveland, Lavert has averaged 29.1 minutes per game. And we know that's obviously those numbers don't really tell the whole story just because uh, Lavert has started to start these last few games. Um, you know, prior to the previous game, which was at Atlanta, he had seen no fewer than looks like 33 minutes over his last uh over the Cavs last five and so they were starting to up his minutes yeah and then we like with those minutes per game you also have to does were you keeping track of also like the games where he was like coming back into the fold and they like I think they only played him like 15 minutes in like his first game you want to hear something crazy I'd love to the lowest (laughs) amount of minutes he's ever had 16 that came against the Lakers He's had no less than uh, 20, yeah, 24 minutes. That, you know, 16 minutes is his season low with the Cavs and 24 is his next lowest. So they've they've given him consistently around 25 to 30 minutes a game. Yeah, as they should, because, you know, as much as I want to see more Brandon Goodwin minutes, I don't want to see them over Karis LeVert minutes because we didn't trade a first round pick for Karis LeVert or for Brandon Goodwin. (laughs) Yeah, Brandon Goodwin is like icing on the cake. And, you know, we both love that guy. Um, Who knows what the future will hold for him? But we don't know about the futures of a lot of guys and, you know, LeVert, Sexton, Goodwin included, Um, which (laughs) kind of brings me to my uh, my next guy on here that I want to talk about. And that is Moses Brown. Listen to this, man. Moses Brown, over his last three games uh, with the Cavs, 14.3 points, 11.7 rebounds. Those are almost starter stats right there. (laughs) What do you think about Moses Brown's performance since he's joined the Cavs? Uh, (laughs) Moses Brown is such a complicated player to me. Because offensively, I think he's fine. I think he's You're very about active. with some bullshit. <laughs> uh, pass. <laughs> but uh, uh, Moses Brown is very active. He's like a very big energy center. I don't ever see him being like a like a like. Oh God, I don't know how to phrase this. Like a high impact player for a team. Uh-huh. I think like the way that JaVale kind of operated for this Cavs team last year could probably be Moses Brown's ceiling. But the key issue and key differentiator between the two comparisons is that uh, JaVale McGee was a good defender, 
Yeah. <laughs> and Moses Brown at times he can get is, lost. He, he he's kind of a a turnstile. <laughs> <laughs> literally so literally tall. he's got to put some weight on <laughs> i mean also luca just had him going for a freaking loop two days ago or like that was ridiculous ago. that behind that fake behind the back pass yeah i think the, the thing about that it's just that's the tough part for moses brown for me like i can't i don't think the Cavs are looking at him thinking that he can really i think when we what we need is a center that actually plays exactly like Mobley and Allen for this exact situation where there it one of the two is injured. And because now we just have to completely shift the way we've been playing defensively. Cause Moses Brown, I'm not saying every player, no backup center is going to be as good as either Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, but a more defensive oriented big, I think is what this team needs more than an offensive uh, spark plug at center. Do you consider Moses Brown an offensive spark plug? I feel like he he offensively fits what the Cavs need, but defensively and for such a defensive oriented team, he kind of leaves us in tough situations sometimes. I mean, today was a good example of him having a good game on the defensive side, but we also saw in the past two, like the past three games that you mentioned, uh, we didn't look that great defensively against the Mavs or the Hawks, (laughs) especially the Hawks game. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a win today to hold New York to 101 points. I mean, after letting Atlanta score, I think it was 131. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but we already talked about the fact that they're missing uh, – they missed Julius Randle today, which is like a huge part of their offense. Yeah, and also uh, I, I don't think that I would even put the Knicks in like the top 20 offenses in the they NBA. They got eliminated from playoff contention for a reason. <laughs> Oh no, that's terrible. Bing bong, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that too. <laughs> that that video to start the season honestly got me kind of hyped for Knicks basketball. I'm like, oh, these fans are so annoying. That's awesome. <laughs> and then yeah, they uh they went back to being depressed and just channeling their inner Stephen A. Smith. My one hope is that we do not end up like them because they were they had a similar trajectory as uh, as Cleveland did this season. Um last season i just hope we don't end up like them i think it's hard that i don't think we're like the knicks honestly at, at all because the Cavs are such a young team and that knicks team last year was like a bunch of veterans kind of like stitched together mm-hmm. i mean defensively yeah that the identities of the team are pretty much the same but they didn't have a darius garland type player last year or even like an evan mobley type like i guess randall was like playing out of his mind and you know, in a way that was an outlier. I think Darius has always been on this upward trajectory. I guess if you had to argue anyone was having a Randall type season, I guess we would say Kevin Love is having the Randall type season because this is definitely an outlier for the past few seasons. What for Kev? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. In the past four, I mean, yeah, I'd say the numbers efficiency wise are probably a little bit of an outlier in terms of how efficient he's been. <laughs> <laughs> no lies detected there. Uh, with that I'm a said, Kevin Love. Yeah. Fan. I mean, let's be. I can't. You're biased. Be honest. It's okay. You're you're biased. We're on a Cavs pod. It's okay. I'm not right. going to judge you. No, it's I love cool. Kevin Love. Uh, I love Kevin Love too. I will. You know. You know how I feel about him, man. We've had we've had our ups and downs, <laughs> but uh, he's uh he's come through this season, and we, we for much of the season we thought he was going to be a serious contender for Sixth Man of the Year, which you know for him coming off the past few seasons, that's crazy. So props to him. He had a good game today too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Moses Brown, man, he's he's definitely somebody who you could consider 
you know, who you could warrant consideration for the backup center role next season. But to me, what he, he truly does need to work on the defensive end. He's got to put some weight on, similar to Mobley coming into the year. And he's got to work on his hands. <laughs> uh, his hands are not soft at all. And I know that doesn't sound right, but uh, he just definitely <laughs> – he's definitely got to work on a couple of things because he's right now – he's literally just a law threat. Yeah, Moses Brown definitely um, doesn't have baby hands. Use those hands, <laughs> Moses. <laughs> Yeah, you're too big to not be able to play some sort of defense out there. And I think that's what a lot of people's issues was with a guy like uh, Thon Maker and um, Cavs legend. (laughs) Yeah, Cavs legend. Uh, So hopefully Moses gets some time to develop. We'll have to see how that thing goes. But back to the mailback question, shall we? Yes. (laughs) Thon Maker, Hall of Famer or... (laughs) Bet you didn't think you'd get a thong maker drop today, name drop on this <laughs> no, uh, on this pod. I kind of excited, honestly. <laughs> All right. So this question comes from Cleveland. Don't mess it up via Twitter. It's actually a three-part question, and I guess that's kind of cheating, but I'll go ahead and let it slide. <laughs> uh, number one, with the team being so far ahead of schedule, what kind of contract could we see for Sexton? Again, another yeah. contract question. These are always yeah. tough. And I hate to give my opinion sometimes because we there is a specific individual who I will not name drop, and he knows who he is. No disrespect to you, buddy, but we just disagree on just about <laughs> everything. <laughs> but what is his contractual value? What kind of contract would you expect to see the Cavs hand out? Well, I'm glad they came to us, the GM podcast, with all of our GM knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I got so much salary cap knowledge in my head, and I just want to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I've been number crunching this for weeks. <laughs> uh, exactly. I think it's like tough because I like I feel like the Cavs are either going to go in the direction that you've been saying, Mac, where they're going to give him the one-year like mm-hmm. $20 million deal, 25 like prove-it deal where he'll then – earn probably a higher contract for longer years after, or that they'll give him a cheaper, like four year deal, like a four year, $80 million deal for like Colin. But does Sexton. he accept that? And that's the, that's oh, the no. great <laughs> outcome. But does he accept that? Uh, that, you know, if you really want to be a Cavalier, you just got, <laughs> it's all about yes. respect. <laughs> yes. The, um, what are we always talking about? Well, not, we don't always talk about it, but we just talked about it on the last episode. Heat culture, Cavs culture, sacrifice. <laughs> Everyone sacrificed so Darius can get the backs. <laughs> exactly. Everybody got to chip in a little bit so we can take care of the guys at the top. <laughs> Jared's slumming it. He's only making a hundred. <laughs> oh man, he's broke. Yeah, that dude is... I got more money than him. Yeah, same. <laughs> Peasant, Jared. <laughs> Come on. That's why he was wearing those clothes at the All-Star game that everyone roasted him at. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't get me started on that nonsense. That was so uh, sad. The dude was just trying to wear a casual outfit. He just wanted to be comfortable. Jared is not the guy who's going to be, like, dripped out. Jared's the guy who's like, I'm ca- I'm casual. That's, that's what we like about him. Exactly. I'm going to be casual, and I'm going to bring my Nintendo Switch everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to play Pokemon Arceus. I don't care where I am. <laughs> exactly. That's the type of guy Jared is. Uh, but circling back to the topic at hand <laughs> in regards to Colin Sexton, I, that would be a great outcome, but I just don't know whether or not he would accept a type of deal like that. Um, I'm glad I'm not in um, his shoes or the organization's shoes because that's a tough damn conversation to have. I mean, at the end of the day, I know what I think there's like 
I could, I, there's not going to be a team that would pass up probably paying Colin Sexton the contract that he wants. I, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of desperate teams out there that would love to have Colin Sexton to, you know, fill seats. Would. And yeah, <laughs> honestly, New York would love to have Darius, but they could have had him, but they chose RJ, who's, He's, he's a, a good player, player too. Right. He's a good yeah. player too. You know, I, I secretly wanted RJ Barrett. <laughs> I wanted Obi Toppin secretly. Not did not at the expense of Isaac Okoro, but I, I must admit, at the time of the draft, I was really, you know, I'm from Dayton. I'm a UD guy. I was hoping that Obi Toppin would be a Cavalier. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be Denny Advia. Thank God uh, that whiffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we love what we're getting for the most part in Isaac Okoro. Um, he had a pretty good, decent game tonight, but yeah, just, I guess my response in regards to that sexton question would be, um, right now the, I think I've had this conversation numerous times with numerous people and like, you know, the Cavs season's expectations, it's fluid. You're the, the, the contractual value of a guy is subject to change, um, all the time and in, in somebody's opinion. And so for me, at the time of the Terry Rozier contract, I was saying, you know what? Colin Sexton better get that type of money or more, you know, because he's worth at least that. And I think that was like four years. Was it $96 million? Mm-hmm. I don't have the deal off the top of my head, but it was something like that. Now, um, I'm, I'm really honestly thinking that he probably should stay around that range in order for the Cavs to maintain some type of cap flexibility. Um, how far would I be willing to go above that? Honestly, man, I, I honestly do not know. It just depends upon what they decide to do uh, in regards to some of these other guys. Um, Levert's only got one more year left on his deal, and you have to f- start planning for DG's contract. As much as people might you know, hate to see Colin walk out the door, and I know I would, um, there is got there has got to be a limit. But one thing that it's definitely helps the Cavs out is the fact that this is a re- restricted market this season. So whoever tries to outbid the Cavs, um, they have that going on for them. Yeah, can't wait to get two second round picks and uh, Goran Dragic. <laughs> that's good. That's gonna be awesome. The sign in trades yeah. always seem so interesting on the first. Like when you first read it, you're like, oh my god! Like the Jimmy Butler one, Josh Richardson. And two mm-hmm. first rounders, nuts. And then Josh Richardson turns out to be nothing. You're like two first rounders. That's why you just never know what you're going to get in in terms of his sign and trade um, for Colin. I really seriously hope he's here long term. I love Colin Sexton, but this is also about just kind of like retaining cap flexibility too for the guys that we know absolutely know that are essential uh, to the Cavs success. And that might be a harsh pill for some people to swallow for some people to hear, but we know we we've seen it this season, DG, um, you know, and I did not expect that. I, I will be the first to admit that DG is the number one option here. Um, you know, a lot of people would do think that Evan Mobley has the highest potential as you alluded to earlier, but right now we know who the number one is and we know who the Cavs are going to be planning for a future with. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I I see like in playoff games that Darius is going to be the guy with the ball at the end of the game. I don't see situations mm-hmm. in which we're going to be designing plays for Evan Mobley to <laughs> at the top of the key be like, all right, Evan. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until he evolves into Durant 2.0. I mean, <laughs> yes. Such a likely ceiling. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, we'll we'll have to follow that along as it goes as his development <laughs> starts to go along. But that's a long ways away, ain't it? Yeah, I was gonna say we might be waiting a long time. Uh, <laughs> we might not be doing this podcast by the time that happens. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> you you sensing a rift? <laughs> nah, man, we're as good as always. Um, next question up here: What we got? What we got? Well, Doctor Claw asked, "What did Denny do on the Wizards?" LOL, and I could tell you, not much. <laughs> Sheesh. He also said DG is our CB3. You believe that? I said it about 20 minutes ago. I always believe it. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Next question up by Life of Brian 31. This is the one that I almost messed up earlier. <laughs> Playoff spot is guaranteed. Should JB start monitoring DG's minutes so we have him ready for the playoffs? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably game dependent. Like, I think that Atlanta game, I feel like we kind of rode out with our starters for uh, a lot longer than I thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, I feel like JB was more punishing them than thinking we were going to come back into this game. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the time to implement a life lesson <laughs> as the Hawks are just berating threes on us the entire game. Don't get me wrong. I love when uh, Red Velvet, aka Kevin Erder, <laughs> decides to go nuclear. Red Velvet. <laughs> Did you yeah. give him that nickname? No, <laughs> it's been it's been passed before. around. <laughs> okay, I was going to credit you with that. <laughs> you no, I, I, I could not. <laughs> I'm not plagiarism. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, we just gotta like monitor it. Like, if we have a tough stretch coming up, like let's say if this Philly game goes south by like the beginning of the fourth, similarly to how this Atlanta game went, which it's not going to because f Philly. <laughs> but damn, you hate uh, Philly. Yeah. You hate Philly more, Boston more. Uh, oof, that's tough. Just because, like I uh, said, I have friends who are Boston fans, so they kind of like make me dislike the Celtics more than I should. <laughs> probably as long as you don't like Kelly Olynyk. Um, oh no, but I do have a friend a that's a die-hard Kelly guy. <laughs> are you serious? So, well, it's not even because of the Kevin Love thing. It was because of that Wizard series where Kevin gotcha. uh, Kelly Olynyk went nuclear, and everyone's just like, "Oh my god, Ke- Kelly Olynyk yeah, from three. <laughs> I will never like that man for what he did I, to Kevin Love. I like him as like just being a meme. Like he looks like a failed high school wrestler. That's a that's a new one. That is an interesting one right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had to figure out a way to get DG some um, some time off here, short of pulling him, who would you put in in his place? Would you leave Levert out there to kind of run the offense, or yeah. should Brandon Goodwin finish up? I kind of like how they've been using a Coro more in the facilitator role too. Like sometimes they have a uh, Coro, so Garland can be off ball still. Like I, I'm loving this Garland off ball because I'm also loving how it's giving other players an opportunity to kind of like grow their facilitating skills. Mm-hmm. And if we can do like some combination of like a Coro and Lavert, I feel like that is a perfect recipe to like get rid of some of Darius's unnecessary minutes where he's just, you can tell he's gassed. Cause when Darius is gassed, that defense that we talked about that, where he's putting mm-hmm. in the effort yeah. that just goes from like maximum effort, not much ability to minimum effort and minimum defensive ability. I mean, that's to be expected though. Like there are very few like true two way guys uh, oh, yeah. in this league. And uh, at point guard, it's even tougher because you generally have the ball in your hands, especially a guy of the talent of Darius Garland offensively. Anything that he's able to provide on defense to me, I guess that's a bit of a cop out. I'll say it like this. Um, I guess I can be a little bit more lenient 
for a guy who's expending so much energy on the offensive end. Like, I want these guys. I want everybody on the Caps to be a two-way force, but we just know that's not going to happen. Not, not everybody has two-way that players. <laughs> that's a championship every year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> team full of Jimmy Butler's, team full of Kawhi Leonard's. That's a championship team every year. That team sounds ass, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, you see Zero Fett's comment. DG is a crazy mix of Nash and Tim Hardaway to me. He has such shiftiness in his game, but I do fear he's not aggressive enough to be the chi- uh, the number one on a chip team. What do you think about that? I feel like I used to think that, but as we've been seeing, especially in this February and March months, that his aggressiveness mm-hmm. has like shot way up. Like Darius is willing to just take control of games at all times. And like uh, Zero Fett's uh, next comment where uh, he says about these off-ball touches, uh, that is another way that Darius can also just do some serious damage because if he doesn't have to like, cause like you're seeing it now, like towards the end of this Knicks game, their plan was just to double Garland and then Garland, everyone else is kind of stopping and staring, but if Garland can get off ball. They won't have enough time to send a double his way they're gonna have to be more honest with the entire team but if Darius is just gonna hold it at the top of the key every time and then just that that's that's just too predictable for playoff basketball well you know there is another guy who played for the Cavaliers that a lot of people like to complain about plays like that (laughs) from time to time Uh, that (laughs) Uh, yeah otherwise known as LeBron James oh down (laughs) from the top of the key um, yeah, it can become predictable uh, from time to time. So I would, I definitely understand why that would be a, a concern. But the great thing about DG is that he has the ability to get other guys involved. And so if the today's NBA has shown us anything, it's that what you really need to win a championship is a tr- is a superstar, a star player, and a bunch of great role players to support that. It is no longer a big three type of league. And I feel like guys who can just do what they do best and provide um, in different areas, you can be successful. And in DG, if he's never going to be, you know, on an, on the biggest of contenders, if he's never going to be that true number one, Cavs have some guys who could develop into that. Um, you know, if you, if you keep Colin Sexton here long term, that that is Colin Sexton. I would feel perfectly comfortable as much as a contradictory as what we just said. Uh, I would be very comfortable allowing Colin Sexton to, um, to take those last second shots. I see um, a way that like kind of similarly to how Jordan Poole plays on the Warriors is how I see Colin Sexton fitting into this team for the fall like, next season, especially because he's Thompson kind of come back into the fold. Yeah, just well, even like the way they kind of used him this year before Clay Thompson was injured, because like I felt like whenever Steph was off, Jordan Poole was on. And if they both were on, then you were just the Warriors were just that's what their hot start was. And then when Steph goes away, now it's just Jordan Poole, Clay's I don't know what we're calling Clay these days, and uh Draymond Green, who also is injured. I think I just like uh, Carter on the chase down loves to say how he's going to be like Tyrese Maxey. And I think I basically just said the same thing with a different player, but Colin Sexton definitely has a role on this team. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the main guy, but he easily could be the guy that if Darius is like getting all the defensive attention, defenses will suffer by leaving Colin Sexton open late in games or Levert, um, depending upon how things pan out. I mean, we just don't know what their rotation is going to look like next season, but Cavs don't really have a shortage of options at guard at this point in time. 
Um, they have questions in other areas. So when this team returns to full strength, I'm not worried about that. Um, I don't necessarily believe that the Cavs are going to have to figure out this anytime soon. I feel like they're still, as much as we've been saying, this is a season full of development. Next season, um, you can begin to talk about contention. And then probably the following season, uh, we can really seriously start picking up, you know, title contention. Um, not to say that none of this could change. Um, if timelines like this are fluid, depending upon how teams, how fast they rise and fall. I mean, we've seen that this year, right? Um, <laughs> what a rise. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, there, there's no rush. That's what I'm saying, basically. Um, the, go ahead. I was going to say the Cavs are a rising phoenix <laughs> from the ashes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, man. It's it's just been good to, to ride along here um, through all the ups and downs, through everything that this team has experienced. And, you know, you know how I feel, man. I feel like this team has been robbed of like a truly special season. And I tweeted out the other day, I feel like this team never got hurt. They're a 60-plus win team. Maybe that's lofty expectations. <laughs> but guess what? People thought I was crazy when I said this team was playoff bound to begin the season. And guess what? They've, they've, they're almost there. They are literally on the cusp of reaching the postseason. Um, is, the play-in is already a uh, foregone conclusion, right? Like, we yeah. already have obtained that. Okay. Yeah. So, with that said, then, just got to win, what, a game or two, and you're in the playoffs. Yeah, hopefully this Atlanta-Brooklyn – hopefully Atlanta keeps that hot streak on of, uh, against us and gives Brooklyn all they can. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to see what happens, get a little help there. Uh, and that's always a finicky thing, but I would love if Charlotte somehow passed the Nets, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, and I know we kind of answered this type of question when we were on with Justin Carter. But who is your answer still the same? Who would you? Who would be your ideal playing team? Oh, definitely Charlotte. <laughs> still Charlotte. Yeah, yeah and they lost today, doubt. right? Yeah, they got smacked by Philly. <laughs> 144 points, I believe it was. <laughs> Philly dropped on them. That's insane. It's something. <laughs> there's no word for it. Yeah, I guess that, that, that there's really no clear description of you know how much damage they did. <laughs> but Charlotte is looking heavily beatable right now, so that still works for me. Yeah, you know, even if like we uh, just you know we send if we lose to Brooklyn in the first uh, the play in, if Charlotte can just really do us a favor and put out their best effort against Atlanta, that'd be appreciated. We'll have to see. I don't. The, Atlanta is just one of those teams, man. Like. They, the, we already know the Cavs struggled to fit in the three point line, especially against sharpshooting teams like that. I don't want to see them. <laughs> I don't want to see them again. I'd rather see. I'd rather see another team like Charlotte's the Nets. <laughs> yeah, give me the Nets. Give me the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know who scares me? Trey Young and Kevin Herter. But Kyrie and Kevin Durant. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Who are those guys? <laughs> Scrubs. <laughs> Who's this guy named Kyrie? Who's this ninety nine fellow over here? <laughs> Um, that said, it's probably high time to go ahead and get into this DG giveaway because I know that's why you guys are listening. I know you don't care about what we're talking about. You just want to get that free jersey, right? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, come on. It's probably high time (laughs) to get into that. So we will go ahead and do so. I will have you all know that while we were able to, you know, um, get a good number of people involved, 35 to be exact, um, it's not as much as I would have hoped uh, but at the same time, that lets you guys that's that's better chances. That's better chances for everybody involved, right? 
So why don't we go ahead and jump right into this? Everybody who has reached out to me, everybody who has sent me proof, I have sent you a number. And so I have everybody's information listed here. We'll go ahead and pull up the random number generator here and see. Mac has all your social security numbers. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what I have. Let's see here. <laughs> Who's right. getting free health care? Random number generator, random.org. This is probably not a safe website to use, but I'm going to do it anyway just because I oh, love look you guys. At that font. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll figure out who the winner is, man. So, Corey, you have anything you want to say before we get this over with? Uh, it's going to be number 23. Let's get it. <laughs> number 23. Okay. 23 for LeBron, right? Or number 10 for Darius. Okay. And so I will announce the actual name of the person on here. Let me go ahead and get this list ready. And if I mess up anybody's name, I do apologize. Okay. <laughs> ready, Corey? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's do this. <laughs> number 22. Oh. oh, my gosh. You were so close. You Learn were so it. close. God too soon. <sighs> Who is number 22? Elon Wilkie, Elon Wilkie, I will be sending you this Darius Garland All-Star Edition jersey. I do have your email on here. I'm not going to give that out because I want everybody spamming <laughs> it because they lost. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, reach out to me if you're listening. If not, if I don't hear back from you, probably within a few hours, I'll just go ahead and reach out to you and ask for your address and whatnot, your shipping information. We'll go ahead and get that sent out to you. Hell Simple yeah. <laughs> If you don't answer again, we are doing no more raffles. <laughs> no, no more raffles. It's going directly to Corey. As Hell you can yeah. see, me and Corey both have on our uh, DG jerseys right now. But uh, you you are the uh, award winner of the All-Star Edition DG jersey. So shout out to you. Congratulations. And thank you for supporting the pod. And everybody who who has been listening, contributing questions, and just you know giving us some love. We definitely appreciate you guys. We're still on our way to 500. We'll probably have little you know um, competition, not competitions, but um, giveaways like this. You know, every type of milestone or something like that. We'll see what we do for 500. But we definitely appreciate everything that you guys uh have been able to do for us and you know thanks for tuning in with that said um as i always tell you guys if you'd like to reach out to us you can at it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more if you'd like to be a part of the exclusive it's cavalier discord chat you know what you need to do all you have to do is send proof of your five star yes five star (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) send whatever type of feedback you have to iscavalier53 at gmail.com. Just make sure you leave a review if you can as well, and we'll add you to that Discord chat. <laughs> it is pumping. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of very lively uh, conversations being had in that Discord chat. Yes, Dr. Claw knows what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy knows. Uh, that said, thanks for tuning in. Go Cavs, and have a good night.